I want to uh, bring your attention uh, to a verse of scripture found in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter number 5, 1 Peter chapter number 5, uh, the scripture teaches us there in verse number 6, it says 5 and 6, 1 Peter 5 and 6, it says, humble there yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. That is such an important learning curve that we learn how to do that. Humbling ourselves is not feeling bad about us or a poor self-esteem. Humbling ourselves is just realizing that we can't do anything, that it's got to be Him, that it's got to be the Lord, praise God. And a lot of times humility will come in the fact that we don't think less of ourselves. A lot of times it'll come in the fact that we don't think about ourselves at all. See, that's really when worship can have its greatest work, is when we have our fo total focus on Him. Because look at what God would like us to do. Verse number 7, I want you to notice this. He says, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Amen. Now, there's several of you in here that have been able to do that. You've been able to do that through help from the Lord and, and having trust and faith in Him. But there's a few of you in here you haven't done that. And this is not Pastor Carnahan trying to put you down or, 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 or anything like that. I just want to help you, praise God. Because he, God is here to do tremendous things. Yes. But if we get in the way, which is oftentimes the case, then He can't do it. God is not going to uh, um, become unreasonable and, and unruly. He won't do that. Um, most of the time, God has to be invited. That's what has to happen. And so that's what true praise and worship really is supposed to promote. Let's focus on God. Let's do what he wants us to do. I can tell by some of you, and I've been looking through this congregation off and on as I've been singing, praise God, and some of your continences are showing that you're not doing this. I don't know what your trouble is, and I'm not here to pick on you. I'm just saying you're in the presence of God. Either this works or it doesn't. And I'm, again, I'm not demanding, I'm not saying you better do it or else. I just feel from the let of the Lord, before I, I'm going to actually sing a song this morning, that, um, that I, I need to give you another opportunity to do that, praise God. Humbling ourselves before the, for the mighty hand of God is, is part of the duty of mankind, praise God. And so this morning I want to help you to understand that. And I hope that what I'm going to do here and what I'm going to sing here this morning, um, I switch in microphones, this is starting to become... Um, I should just leave these things on. I'm sorry about that. But I'm going to let you be seated here for just a second. Praise God. Praise God. I was reminded of this song this week. I had a friend of mine that, um, um, that sent me um, a, um, sent me a tape, I guess it was, a tape or a, I guess a download of some of the songs. And he was wanting to help me, praise God, to come and to see some of the old songs, and this would happen to be one that was on it in Jesus' name. I pray the Lord will speak to you through this song. Amen. When you're up against a struggle, and it shatters all your dreams, and your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes, and you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears don't let the faith you're standing on seem to disappear praise the Lord he can work through those who praise him praise the Lord for our God inhabits praise praise the Lord for the chains that seem to bind you, they work only to remind you. They fall powerless behind you when you praise Him. Now Satan, he's a liar, and he wants us all to think that we are paupers when he knows himself that we're children of the king. So lift up the mighty shield of faith, for the battle must be won. You know that Jesus Christ has risen, 
so the work's already done. Praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise Him. Praise the Lord. For our God inhabits praise. Praise the Lord. For the chains that seem to bind you, they work only to remind you. They fall powerless behind you when you praise Him. Now listen again. Now Satan, he's a liar. Come on. And he wants us all to think that we are paupers when he knows himself we're children of the king oh so lift up the mighty shield of faith for the battle must be won you know that jesus christ has risen so the work's already done so praise the lord he can work those who praise him praise the lord for our god inhabits praise praise the lord for the chains that seem to bind you they work only to remind you they fall powerless behind you when you There's a word that we say in the Bible that really actually isn't in the Bible. And that word is hallelujah. You won't find it anywhere in the Bible. But in the New Testament, you find the word alleluia. And it actually derives its root meaning from the Hebrew word hallelujah. And the word just simply means praise. And so when you find yourself in that place when you really don't have much you can say, or maybe you don't know what to do, why don't you think about doing this? If you've got a voice, go ahead and do it.
going to do it one more time. And I want you to really put forth an effort this time. Come on. I believe God wants to take those burdens that you have. And he wants to wants you to be able to cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Come on. I believe this will be a healing for somebody in this place. Hallelujah. Come on. Voice it now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the peace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. One more time. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. What a powerful God. Do you feel that flow? Folks, Jesus described that as rivers of living water. That's what he described that as, as rivers, rivers of living water that would flow. Praise God, praise God in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. Amen. You can be seated, praise God, in the seventh chapter of John. This is prior to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. He's been um, spending time teaching his disciples about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, he was trying to help them to understand that the spiritual dimension was coming and it was going to be powerful. Even in the Old Testament, one of the greatest prophetic books in the Old Testament, in my opinion, is the book of Zechariah. It talks about not only the millennium age, it talks about the time of Christ's coming, and it just it, it prophesies all kinds of things. And one of the emphasis that's put in the book of Zechariah is it's not by might and not by power, but it's by his spirit. But his spirit has got to get to a place where it flows. And some of the things that we can, um, can that can dam up our life, and I, I hope that's not a bad term, is the cares of this world and the things that we take on, the burdens that we take on. It's not that God doesn't want us to care about these things. It's just that we have to have hope and trust and, and faith in the Lord to take care of them, praise God. And that's why casting those things to the Lord, praise God, is a showing, is really is a showing of our faith. James mentioned the fact that faith without works is dead. And so just professing your faith with your mouth is okay. I'm not saying don't do that. But there's times, and I'm going to say most of the time, God will direct you to do some kind of an action that will go along with that proclamation. And when you do that, you will find, you will find that there are certain things that will begin to enact themselves. God is a God that responds to his word. Amen. And so the Bible says our faith needs to grow by our knowledge of his word. But not only by our knowledge of his word, it needs to be our obedience. I've taught this church for years and I'll continue to teach in this, in this vein that there are five elements that really, and there's probably more, but there's five that I know of that support the faith of God. Jesus, when he was confronted about whether his disciples couldn't evict a devil, 
You know, one of the statements that Jesus said was he said, have faith in God. If you go to the original uh, manuscript there, that actually means it says to have the faith of God. That's what God is trying to do. Well, you enact the faith of God by his blood. When you begin to allow the blood of Jesus Christ to come into your life and not only cleanse you, but it can do a whole lot of things. It can heal, praise God. The name of Jesus, that's why this church is very adamant about invoking the name of Jesus in baptism. It's not some ritual, folks. It's the only way in the book of Acts that they ever got baptized. You can check it out for yourself. There's no other method in the book of Acts where you find that they were baptized by. And the Bible says in one of those chapters that there's none other name given among men whereby you be saved. And so the name of Jesus is a powerful thing. And then you have the Spirit of God, which is God's gift to you on this side of heaven. Literally, folks. I mean, there's many gifts that God gives us, but one of the greatest gifts that he gives us is the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And we know that by the, by the speaking in other tongues, this was an evidence that they had received it, praise God. And then, of course, the Word of God. The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So there's the four elements, praise God, and the final element is one that sometimes we forget, and that's of obedience. Paul said one time that God gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey God. So you and I, we can't get around that. It's not like God's going to start making up new rules. Amen. And that doesn't mean that you are working your way to heaven. It just means your faith now is joining with some works. And praise God, I mean to tell you, it will have powerful results in Jesus' name. There is liberating power in this place right here today. I don't know what addiction you're under. I don't know what kind of things are bothering you right now. But I'm telling you something right now. I feel in the Holy Ghost, praise God, that God has set you free. You are literally set free free, praise God, from those things. If you want to continue in that vein, I'm going to tell you something. Learn how to obey God in Jesus' name. Terry, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to use you just a little bit this morning. Such a joy to see her in church today. And your continence just, just is, is, is just, there's something that's, that's flowing through you, and it's powerful. But let me just tell you, this woman just went through chemo. She just went through a cancer battle. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. I'm not going to sit here and try to testify for her, but you've you got to understand there was probably some dark times. There were probably some times when there was doubt, unbelief, and all that type of thing. But she come through it. And this is the thing that I want you to understand today. And I'm not uh, asking God to give you cancer. That's not what I'm talking about. But whatever you're going through right now, Terry, can you say amen? amen. Yes, God will bring you through that. Praise amen. God. That's what God wants to emphasize to you here today in Jesus' name. That's why he's good at setting the captive free. Sometimes we don't even know we're captive. Sometimes we have no, you know, we, we don't have a clue of some of the thoughts that we're thinking of that are binding us. But man, and you come into a place like this where we give time in this church for praise and worship. We give time in this church for prayer. We give time in this church for the teaching of God's word. We're not perfect, folks, but we're endeavoring to seek God in the name of Jesus. Now, come on. Would you want to lift your hands right now and just let your request be known unto the Lord right now? There you go. Come on. I feel faith in this place today. I feel the Lord wanting to do something tremendous for somebody right here in this place. That's it, Lord God. You've already set the captive free. You've already done that, Lord God, because you're powerful. You don't, you, don't, it, you don't take months to do things, God. You do things in seconds. I read in the scripture, Lord God, many times where immediately, praise God, things begin to happen in the name of Jesus. And I'm praying that right now, Lord God. Let that witness be strong. Let that power be evident. Let the saints of God who are in here who do know how to pray, let them do that. Help them not to get caught up in that web, praise God, in the doom and gloom. Let them proclaim your praises. There's people in here that need to witness that. So let them do it in Jesus' name, Lord God. Yes, yes, Lord God. Let us never grow silent. Let us never be under the burden of these things. Let us never be ashamed of worshiping and praising you and giving you the glory in the name of Jesus. Come on, folks. Come on. Let's do it with all of our might. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Mm, in the name of Jesus, 
哈利路亚，哈利路亚，哈利路亚。Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! What is your first name? I met you Friday night, didn't I? What is it? Morgan. Okay, were you here Friday night? Boy, somebody who looked like you was here. Yeah, man, I'm telling you something. It's yeah, you got a twin. You know, you got. But it's a powerful what's happening with you. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Just open yourself up and let God just do it all in Jesus' name. And that's powerful in Jesus' name. It just, it, it does my heart so well to see people willing to receive in Jesus' name. And, and we saints, those of us that have been around this for a while, and again, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to point out, folks, we, we can't ever let that stuff come over us and stay. We live in the world, I understand that, and I'm not promoting a personality here. Amen. I can sense in the spirit, I've been in this long enough, where I can sense in the spirit when people are receiving this and when they're not. God has given me that gifting. Amen. I didn't even ask him for that. But I've had to go to a lot of places in this city. I've had to teach a lot of Bible studies in a lot of different settings. And I'm still, still doing that to a certain degree. And I've always asked God, God, let me know. Let me know. I don't want to put on the dog. I'm not here to perform for you. This is not something that I want you to look at and see how I'm doing. I want you to get a hold of this. Amen. Somebody preached a message one time that really hit home to me. And he said that Pentecost is not a spectator sport. And that's what we have, praise God. My wife and I, um, my sons, um, they know that I like baseball. And so we were in Arizona here um, a couple of weeks ago. I had a great time. And for the first time in 10 years, we had all of our kids in the same house. <laughs> it was really kind of a neat thing. It was powerful. But for my birthday, my youngest son gave me tickets to a ball game. And so that's what we did. On Tuesday night, we went to um, the, uh, what is it, Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Dodgers played. And um, um, I'm not as interested in baseball as I used to. Um, my voice tells everybody, everybody says, well, who, who are you for? I said, well, I'm for the White Sox and anybody who plays the Yankees. Um, so that's kind of, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Actually, I'm going to get myself in trouble one of these days by saying that, because I know there's a lot of Yankee fans out there. But nevertheless, we were there, and it was, it was neat. We had a good time with our my sons, I got to talk to them about baseball. I, I was a pitcher when I was a kid, and so I enjoy that part of the game. And there was a couple of uh, pitchers that were involved um, in, in the game, and I just love to watch it. I, um, I'm, I'm, not a per, I'm not a prophet or anything like that, but I can almost tell what kind of a pitch they're going to throw because you know what the runner's on base. And so we were there. But listen to me, folks, we were there as spectators. Not one time did I get a call saying, hey, we need a relief pitcher down here. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. I was available. I thought I had a good strong inning for them if they wanted me. But you know, I never got the call. Never got the call. And so we stood there, or not stood there, but sat there in the stands, ate pe uh, peanuts and popcorn and that type of thing. We just did it right up, you know, and that type of thing. But listen to me, folks. One thing the Lord really emphasized to me when I came into a place like this is that I understand our world has a lot of that. There's a lot of places you will go where they just want you to sit there and just watch what's going on up on the stage. And I'm not against that. I'm not totally against that. And even sometimes in here, there's something that somebody will do up here that God says, pay attention. You know, but the vast majority of the time, one of the things that the Holy Ghost will enlighten in you and give you freedom is that you become a participant. You begin to get involved in the services. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. A lot of times that can make all the difference in the world. But I'm not going to go out there and hit you alongside the head and say, come on, you know. I, I know sometimes we can do that and sometimes we even feel led to do that because we know what people need. But the bottom line here, folks, you have that privilege. I would pray, and I'm going to pray for you today because I feel like it in this light, that God would remind us of that every day. Now listen, you don't have to come to a church like this to do stuff like this. You can do this in your car. You can do this on your way to work. You can do this at home. You can do that. Praise the Lord. Praise God. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to understand that Satan, one of the things that Satan will try to rob the church of, in my opinion, is its praise for God. Because when he can do that, you're starting on a downward spiral. 
Amen. Bible says that God wants to inhabit the praises of his people. That's an Old Testament term, I understand that. But realistically, it's being highlighted in the New Testament. On the day of Pentecost, folks, when the outpouring of the Holy Ghost took place, they were in an upper room, 120 people, and that city was rocked. I don't know how many people came around at that time, but there were probably hundreds, of, in fact, I believe there were probably over hundreds and hundreds of people that came around that building when they were doing what they were doing. Amen. And they were speaking in tongues, they were praising God and all that kind of business. And you know, one of the interpretations of that was these guys must be drunk, they must be full of new wine. But thank God for Peter. Peter stood up with the boldness of the Lord and he proclaimed, listen, this was prophesied. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but that's the Old Testament prophesied about the outpouring of God's spirit. Praise God. Let me show you what I'm talking about here. Look at the book of Isaiah. Book of Isaiah is another one of those books in the New Test or the Old Testament that prophesies about the things of the Lord. Praise God. And let me show you one of those prophecies here. Look at Isaiah chapter 28. Verse not tw uh, chapter number 28 of Isaiah. And look at verse number, um, verse number 9. The Bible says there in, in, in the midst of that, it says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make understand doctrine? That's a pretty good question. Who's going to get to know these things? Who's going to understand what God is doing, okay? It says, Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. And it says, For precept, you know, um, or commandment must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, um, um, here a little and there a little. So you, you begin to understand how God does it. He doesn't just pour out truckloads of it a lot of times. What he does is he takes a little bit and he begins to pour it out. And a lot of times I felt that in our services, amen, that this is what God is doing. But look at this. In verse number 11, it says, For with stammering or strange lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Now, I hope that you can receive that because this is one of the ways that God has chosen to communicate to us via the Spirit. You know, one of the gifts of the Spirit has to do with somebody coming off with a tongue that nobody understands what's being said. And then usually uh, um, a minute or so later, someone will come up with an interpretation that everybody can understand. Have you ever been in a service like that? I've been in lots of them like that, and it's powerful. But listen to me, that's not the only tongue that God gives us. The Bible says that the... Um, um, you know, there's the word of faith, and, or I'm sorry, the, the word of knowledge, the word of understanding, praise God. There's a discerning of spirits. There's the gifts of, the gifts of, or the gift of faith, the gifts of healing, the working of miracles. And then it says, talks about diverse tongues. And that word diverse is something that a lot of people miss. They think that God only does something one way. And there's times when you could be in a prayer room that God would use you in that realm. Also, the Bible says that God knows that we don't pray a lot of times like we should. Right. Now, he doesn't slam us for that, and he doesn't discourage us not to, but he gives us means in which we can pray. And that's when you begin to speak in other tongues while you're praying. You're not, you're not spinning your wheels. Sometimes you are praying according to the will of God. The point I'm making here, folks, is God has a broad kingdom that he wants to make available to people. And like me, sometimes, we have a tendency to squash it into one little thing. This is the only way God can do it. And we have to be careful with that. We must expand our, our heavenly vision. And God wants to do that right here in this place in Jesus' name. Do you want him to do that for you? Yes. If you do, I want you to lift up both of those hands right now and let that request be known unto the Lord. Ask God to help you to come to a full understanding of what he's doing in these last days. Come on, folks. This is not some denominal, um, you know, uh, uh, corner in the market. This is the word of God. The Bible says that Jesus went with them, confirming the word with signs following. Jesus, in fact, said in the 16th chapter of the book of Mark, he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. The second one there is they shall speak with new tongues. I'm telling you right now, the Lord wants to help somebody right here. Oh, that's powerful. Somebody right here might be receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time.
first time in the name of Jesus. That's powerful. That's powerful. Let God do everything that he wants to do for you in the name of Jesus. And I'll tell you something, folks. It is going to be powerful in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we just clap our hands and thank the Lord together. Thank you, oh. Jesus. In Jesus' name, praise God. And so the Lord bless you today. The Lord give you much, much, much grace. Because just like Terry, if you find yourself having to go through something that's not so hot, God will give you the grace to get through it. Can you say amen? That's right. And so this is what you and I can be assured of. I understand that God's able to make all the bad stuff go away. A lot of times he uses that kind of stuff to strengthen us and to help our faith in him to become more and more and more. Praise God. And so it's a powerful thing. I, I, I make reference to this. The book of Job used to scare the daylights out of me, and I used to try to hurry through it as fast as I could. But boy, I have over the last 10, 15 years have gleaned so much from the book of Job that Job really did learn a lot when he was going through that thing. Now, I'm not praying for that or wishing for that myself, but I use that as an example. Amen. That God, even in the midst of tremendous adversity, he can help us and he can help us to see things. And Job, if you'll check it out for yourself, you know, for those 38 chapters, he never lost his faith in God. Now, he wondered what God was doing. There were times when he just kind of threw his hands up and said, what is the deal here? But he never lost his faith in God. And that's how I want to be. Come on, that's how I want to be in this world, praise God. And then finally in chapter 38, God came onto the scene and did a tremendous, tremendous amount of explaining. If you read those two chapters, there were 70 things that God brought up about what, what Job didn't really know. Seventy. And I think that was just the tip of the iceberg. And it's not like God's this know-it-all God up there This can't wait to embarrass you. You've got to understand God knows it all. He knows what he's doing. He knows where you're coming from, praise God. And he wants to help you on a regular basis, praise God. I've known people in life that had problem with depression. Listen to me, folks. That's a real thing. You can't pray away everything. You just have to, you have to understand, praise God, that you have to compensate. Amen. That's what you have to do. And I've learned to do that with some things in my life. Listen to me, you're looking at a man who's weak in some areas. But I have learned to compensate that with the strength of the Lord. And if you're prone to, to, you know, to, to doom and gloom and you have that kind of a glass is half empty type of a mentality, I'm not here to rake you over the coals. That's real. You probably got it from your parents. Ooh, now you're going to hate your parents, right? No, you probably got it honestly. But the bottom line is you don't have to live that way. You can, by faith, begin to pour in the glory and the power of God. You can begin to see God work for you at midnight and all the times in the name of Jesus. And you will see some powerful things happen. Come on, I'm telling you right now, He is real. He is real. Praise God. And so this is what you and I, we, we, we really, really, really do have the opportunity in the name of Jesus to understand some things. Let me show you something in Scripture here by way of Bible study, okay? Let me show you something. Look at the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter number 20. Um, I, I kind of a lot of times refer to the Gospel of Luke as the, the great explainer. And what I mean by that is a lot of times Luke will go into a little more detail than some of the other Gospels. Not all the time, but sometimes he does that. And I appreciate that. I understand that Luke, um, uh, history teaches us that he was a physician, that he had some type of a medical credentials. And so that probably lended itself to his being very precise and things of that nature. But nevertheless, I appreciate the explanations that these guys give. Now watch this. Look at Luke chapter number 20. And the Bible says in verse number one there, it says, and it came to pass, 20 and one, Luke 20 and one, it says, it came to pass that on one of those days as he taught the people in the temple, Jesus was a teacher, okay? And preached the gospel. He could do it all in one service. That's why I've learned to meander through that. You'll see me sometimes get into preaching mode right in the midst of teaching. Well, I got that from him. Okay, well, the Bible says the chief priests and the scribes came upon him with the elders. So you see who he attracted finally. They were the latecomers to the service. This service had already started. 
And I don't know if they were outside listening to what he was saying and all that kind of business, but finally, man, they thought, we're going to get this guy. We're going to get this guy. And I've been around a few of you people like that. That man, you just, boy, you're going into that Bible and you're trying to disprove some things, and boy, when somebody tells you something that happened to them, you're just going to go right into that Bible and try to disprove them. And the reason I can have empathy with you is because that's exactly who I was. When you first told me I needed to be baptized in Jesus' name, I, with vengeance, went into this Bible to try to disprove you. But you know, God is good, isn't he? He's loving and kind, and he has a lot of long-suffering, and I'm glad he does. Because for a whole year, I tried to disprove you, and all God was doing was trying to, trying to help me to understand that it was true. So here you got the same scenario here in Jesus' name. And the Bible says, They spake unto him, saying, Tell us, by what authority, or who gives you the right to do these things. That's really what they were saying there. My what authority does these, these things? I, 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 I want to be careful here. We're online, so I'm not going to mention the denomination. But one time when I was teaching a Bible study, a home Bible study in a home, and we had three guests that came purposely to debate the scriptures. And boy, when, we were, when I was teaching the word, I could feel the Holy Ghost. And I, I give God the credit, folks. And man, it was anointing in that place. And there was a few people getting happy, but I could see a couple of these guys weren't. And finally, they did the same thing to me. They said, who gave you the right? And man, I was thought, you ever heard of Jesus? I, I didn't know what else to say. You know, I think they wanted to say, well, did you go to college for 18 years, or did you go to this or go to that? And, I, you know, I went to Bible college in a very unorthodox way, but I, I just figured, listen to me, folks, anything I have, any ability that I have, i got to give God the credit. That's just how it works. Folks, I never dreamed that I'd be doing what I'm doing right now years ago. When I came into the church, I was satisfied with cleaning the toilets, vacuuming the floors, cleaning the snow off the sidewalks. That's all I wanted to do. But all of a sudden, God said, hey, listen, I got something that I want you to really do. And man, it took a couple of years for that one to sink in too. But the point of it is, God gives us this authority. And there's no substitute, folks. You can try to get your human authority involved here, but you and I are no match to devils. We're no match to deceitful spirits. But once you get the authority of God, and you know how you get the authority of God? Let me just make it very simple. You put yourself under the authority of God. That's why those of you that are having a difficult time obeying God, listen to me, you can overcome that. But that is a difficulty. And I understand that. I had some problems with that when I first came to the church. But boy, once I could overcome that with his help, I'm telling you something, there's not a devil in Campbell County that is a match to me and Jesus. I'm telling you the truth. That is not boastful, folks. That is a matter of fact. And that's why you and I, we can live above these things. We can allow the anointing and the power of God to come into our lives, not so that we can look good to this community, but so that people will have an have a absolute crystal clear witness of what God is doing in these last days. And I'm telling you something right now. I used to be addicted to drugs. I used to be addicted to alcohol. That was a long time ago, but God set me free in the name of Jesus. Now, I don't have a vengeance for those of you that are involved in that stuff, but I'm going to have a very clear message for you, you can be set free. Amen. I'm telling you right now, I yes. smoked a pack and a half of cigarettes since I was 10 years old until I was about 21 or 22 years of age when I came to the church. Yeah, it's stupid. I know it was. But I'll tell you something, after I came to terms with that, God set me free. I have never had a desire. I can tell you that. I've never had a desire to do that. Now, I'm not just pointing out a few obvious things here, folks, because a lot of these things that we are addicted to are very subtle. Sometimes we don't even know it. And God will begin to reveal things to us. And we can overcome this by the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. By the word of our testimony, praise God. We can overcome this by his name and by his word and by the spirit of God. And if we'll obey him, friend, we can expect the same results that they got in the book in, 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 in the New Testament in Jesus' name. And so here you are, praise God. People are questioning the authority. And the reason I'm making such a big deal out of this is there's a couple of you in here, that's exactly where you're at. And my heart goes out to you. It really does. You are never going to find peace and joy and happiness in God as long as you're doing that. 
And so the best thing, I, my suggestion to you is confess it to God. Say, God, I have a problem with your authority. Help me to overcome that. And I believe that God will do that in a heartbeat. Amen. And some of the nicest people I know have had problems like this. Amen. And so here it is. Now, watch what Jesus does. He doesn't enter into a, a debate with rebellion. The Bible says, and he answered and said unto them, I will ask you one thing. I'm not going to make a whole book out of this. I'm not going to preach for two hours. But I am going to ask you one thing. And watch what he asked. The scripture says, the baptism of John. Many of you understand that, ba that John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He came onto the scene about six months before Jesus came onto his scene. And then shortly after Jesus came onto the scene, the, the ministry of John the Baptist was over. There was no longer. I mean, he ended up in prison and, and, and ended up losing his head for the cause of Christ. But the bottom line is John came with the authority of God. And it shook that area up. I mean to tell you, people had never saw it like that before. The purification ceremony that, that John was performing only happened for the priest. And all of a sudden, John took this thing to the streets. He took it to the masses. Amen. And this is what will happen a lot of times. And people will come by the droves. I'm telling you folks, people came to see this spectacle, praise God. And you must understand, one of the things that John preached was baptism. Do you remember what, what term he put on that baptism? Yeah, the baptism of repentance. Repentance, which means, brother, you brought it out so beautiful a couple of Wednesday nights ago. It means to change your mind. Now listen, folks, I'm going to tell you something right now, very deep prophetically, okay? Are you ready? Sit back in that seat. Get square. Come on, I'm going to hit you right between the eyes. Okay? Every one of us in this place needs to change our mind. Every one of us. Listen to me, folks. I don't care how long you live for God. There are things that God is going to continue to show you. And so repentance has to be one of those ongoing things that, God, I want to change my mind with the way I look at this. In fact, I'm going to tell you something right now. I just hit the, the nail right on the head here. That's one of the reasons why some people cannot receive the things of God. It's because simply they have not changed their mind. And so, so Jesus, because you must understand, he didn't hate the Pharisees. He didn't hate the high priest. He wasn't after their hide. This is what we think sometimes. That boy, he came down here to embarrass them. No, Jesus was trying to reach them. And right now in this place, amongst all of this that we have done here this morning, I'm going to tell you right now, God is trying to reach you. He's trying to help you with some of those areas of your life that you're embarrassed with and you don't want to ever tell anybody about. He wants to reach you and give you peace and joy and freedom, praise God. This is what God wants to do. And he, he can do that just like that. But if we have these mindsets that, praise God, you know, um, I know better than he does or, or he doesn't really know that much, well, I'm going to tell you something, we're going to get in the way of God. And so what he asked him is one question. He said, the baptism of John, was that the real deal or not? Was that from heaven or was that something man came up with? Now listen, I'm not going to read the rest of this. I'm going to let you draw your own conclusions. Because I've been faced with the same ordeal. Listen to me, folks. I was just some dumb Catholic in Cascade, Iowa that didn't know nothing about God and didn't want anything to do with him. But I'll tell you something, when God began to put a hunger in my heart or help me to achieve the hunger, I, come, I went after this thing called the Word of God and I wanted to know. And I'll tell you something, this is what God begins to do. He'll move you into a dimension, praise God, where, where truth will be put right in front of you. He'll bring people from across the state to work right next door to you that are apostolics. God will, will, will send somebody, praise God. Listen to me, I got a, a, a son that I, I got a tremendous burden, my oldest son, John. And I'm going to tell you something, you know, I've been praying for him for years. He's a prodigal, but he's coming 
went back. I had a pretty good little conversation with him down in Arizona, praise God. And I believe we sowed some seeds into his heart. But you must understand, I've been praying for that kid. God, something happened. Well, he got a job down in Arizona, which is eight or 900 miles away. And you know the second day he was on that job, guess who came and introduced himself to him? It was a Pentecostal apostolic pastor. That's what I'm talking about, folks. That's what God will do. Now listen to me, folks. We can get upset about that, and a lot of times we do, especially if we're backslidden. We don't want to know the things of God, and we're a Pharisee in heart and, and that kind of stuff. We can get real upset at that stuff. But we must understand that's God. That's God's love for you. That's how much he cares for you, praise God. He'll send a couple of us dingbats up to the jail, and you know we'll start opening that Bible, and we'll preach to people like that, and they thought they got far enough away from them, didn't they? Yeah. I've recognized that for years. Listen, I'm having a little fun with you folks, but it's the truth. You must understand God loves you. He cares for you. And even if you've been in this for 10 or 20 or 30 years, he still loves you. And so he'll send some mouthy little preacher like me to get up on a Sunday morning and say, come on, let's worship God. Let's get rid of that doom and gloom. Let's quit looking at the stock market and what the job market says. And let's go get our lives focused on Jesus Christ. And let's realize what he can do in the name of Jesus. And people like you, you'll recognize it and you'll say, hey, all he's trying to do is get us closer to God. But there are a few people that will remain, oh, whew. that's why I watch where I step in here. Because they can get upset at you. And just like these people, amen, it was their reaction to the truth. It wasn't God. It was not God's hatred towards them. That's not what it was. It was that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I understand to a lot of people that's a cliche. It isn't to me. It's an absolute strong word for God's love for me in Jesus' name. And so if you're here today, no doubt that repentance has been mentioned to you. And what we do with repentance a lot of times is we compare ourselves with one another. And we say, well, I'm not as bad as they are, and we can find them. Just read the paper. <laughs> You'll find lots of folks that, you know, in some ways are worse than you are. And that's how we compare repentance. But you must understand there's a statement in the Bible, in the second chapter of the book of Romans, that makes it very clear that it's the goodness of God. God that leads us to repentance. Now, I'm never going to become God. I understand that. I don't want to give, I don't want to trip somebody up here. But listen to me, folks. A lot of what I need to repent is with me and being in line with God. That's where it needs to come from. That's why it takes daily work. That's why you and I are never going to get to a place where we don't ever need to do it. And you need to become comfortable with that. Now listen to me, one of the first things that I felt when I came to an apostolic Pentecostal church, I'll never forget this, is I felt welcome. And I didn't know hardly any of you. Didn't even know your names. But when I walked into that place, I felt perfectly welcome. And that's what we want you to understand when you come here. Whatever we do, we want you to feel welcome. But listen to me, folks, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way. Well, if you do, it's a risk I take. But the bottom line is, it didn't take me long not to feel comfortable. And you want to know why? Because that, 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 you think I'm mouthy? You should have seen the preacher I came under. He's from Georgia. I mean, this guy'd spit all over the place. I mean, it was all, it was, I mean, this guy would go from one end to the other. And he was preaching to me. I was the only one in the place he was preaching to. And he was hitting my numbers. I mean, to tell you, I thought, who is telling this guy about me? You know, I mean, I'm serious. But you want to know what that was? That was God. And God was helping me to feel uncomfortable. Now, come on, get out of your little pillowcase life and realize that God doesn't want you to go to hell. He doesn't want you to spend eternity away from him. That's a good thing. Can you say amen? amen? Come on, folks. And so what God will do is he'll take a life that you think is perfect and he'll help you understand, no, it isn't. Oh, no, it isn't. You've got a lot of work to do. And, you know, we used to get intimidated like that. Oh, now everybody knows. Now everybody knows. No, I'll tell you who knows, and he always has known, and his name is Jesus. But you know something? He still loves you. 
He still cares for you. And if you can't get one thing right, don't expect God to bypass that and give you a bunch of other things. And that's why he wanted them to understand that there is an authority that comes from God. And you, if you don't recognize it, you're going to become just like the wind. You're going to become just like one of these, uh, one of those tumbleweeds. You're just going to go from one place to another and you're never really going to accomplish anything. But if you can realize that this Bible was written for people like you and I so we'd understand who God is and where he's coming from, praise God, and that we can, we can join in with him, I mean to tell you folks, it'll put joy in your heart. It'll cause a hunger to come forth and you'll be like me. You can't get enough of these services. You can't get enough of the things of God. You'll find yourself being addicted to Jesus. I'm going to tell you something in this world today. I think that's not such a bad idea. Amen. And so this is what God is doing, my friend. God is bringing something into our life that will help improve it. That's why I told the church last week, I said, grace. We got this grace, and everybody says, I'm saved by grace so I can do anything I want. Boy, did we get it wrong, praise God. Grace does not approve us. It improves us. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. What does it do? Teaching us to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Now listen, I can't do that all by myself, and neither can you. But you know something? You felt it here today in the Spirit. God has extended His hand to you. And He said, come on, put your hand in my hand, and I'll lift you up. Praise God. That's what He's saying. Put your hand in my hand, and I'll lift you up. I don't care how doom and gloom it looks. Come on. From my perspective, the heavenly places, it's a good thing in Jesus' name. So be prepared. That's, what, that's the real deal, folks. God makes you and me welcome. He does. He, he's, he's not throwing anybody out. He says, come. One of the powerful scripture, 11th chapter of the book of Matthew. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden in labor, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. That's one of the greatest four-letter words in the, in the, in the human uh, um, you know, uh, vernacular is come. Come. That's an invitation, folks. But you can sit there, you can grab that chair, you can fold your hands and you can say, I know more than he does. And you, you say, well, I don't say that. Well, you're surely doing it. Because when he introduces a brand new word to you about something like putting yourself under his authority, what do you do with it? No, you answer that. I have to answer for myself. And so this is what he will do. He will at times. Now, he doesn't do it as much as he used to. When I first came into the church, man, I couldn't wait for the altar call. I remember I got baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of my sins on a Thursday afternoon at 1 o'clock. I had never been to one of these services before. But the pastor took me upstairs. He showed me the sanctuary. He said, come. I said, hey. And when I came out of the tank, after he dunked me and I came out of there in Jesus' name, I felt something in my mouth that wanted to come out. But I didn't do it. I just kind of, buh, 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 you know, one of those things. And I asked the pastor that. I said, what was going on there? He said, well, you had stammering lips. I said, is that good? He said, yeah. I said, Great. He said, but you come Sunday. And he said, I don't know why he said Sunday, but he just said it. He said, you come Sunday and you'll get the Holy Ghost. I'll be here. So I came Sunday morning, man. I felt the presence of God. I came back on Sunday night, and I'm new at this, right? And so I'm sitting way in the back there. That's where I lie. So I'm going to check you guys out here. But I said, but give me a clue here. He said, well, you come down to the altar, hold hands on you, and you'll receive the Holy Ghost. I said, okay. I said, when do I need to do that? Listen, I wasn't very bright, folks. I'm just saying, give me a clue. And so he preached that night, and I can't even tell you what he preached. I got ADD. I'm just focused on one thing. That altar, man, give me the cue. I'm just telling that's how we are. Praise God. And I'm, you know. And finally, I mean, it, looks, it, it was only probably 40 minutes or so, but my goodness, it seemed like three hours, you know? And then he finally went, he smiled at me, and he says, and I'm right out of that, and I'm right down. Now listen to me, folks. You might think that's silly. I call that hunger. I call that willingness. Why are some of you digging your, your heels about the things that God's dealing with you about? Now come on, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Why is that? 
Why are you doing that? And then you want God to change his rules? You want God to start another book so that he can, he can you know, go by your little plans? Listen, it's never going to happen. So every one of you in here, God is dealing with you about something. And what that will do, if you're in the right frame of mind, is it'll make you uncomfortable. Listen, we call it conviction. That's what it's called. And conviction is not a bad thing. Condemnation is a bad thing. And you get that from yourself, you get that from sin, and you get that from the devil. But you never get condemnation from God. You want to know why? Because condemnation, there's no way out. But conviction is what God uses to lead us to repentance. And that's exactly what's going on in this place right now. And unfortunately, there's a few people that come in and say, oh, I don't need that. Well, okay. Let me know how that's working for you in a couple of years, okay? And I'm not trying to be smart. I'm just trying to tell you. Jesus said, if you want to do a good Bible study, read the first eight verses of the 13th chapter of Luke. Do it. And you'll find how serious Jesus was about repentance. And that's not a threat. That's just how it is. And so you and I must understand that God will always make us welcome. You can walk out of here, you know, flip God off and say, hey, you're, no, you know, all that business. And you can come back here five minutes later and God will say, come on in. Come on in, take a seat. And we think that's wrong, don't we? Oh yeah, some of you, some of you, you know, people that have been around this for a while, you don't like that either. But the bottom line is that's how God works. He will always make people welcome. But he will never guarantee that you're going to be comfortable. And that's what he will do through repentance. And that's why Jesus wasn't interested in teaching them a whole book. Any more than I'm interested in teaching some of you a whole book. Although I'd love to do it. But if you can't answer that one thing. This repentance, is it from God or not? Do you really want to know how it works? Hey, pursue it. This Jesus name baptism, is this just the UPCI trying to split hairs and, and divide the kingdom of God? No, check it out for yourself and see if that was really from God or from man. This infilling of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is one of the greatest experiences you'll ever have on this side of heaven, praise God. Is this something that is God or are these, these people in this apostolic church just trying to make life hard for you? See, you've got to answer that question for you. And I believe the Lord will give you understanding in Jesus' name. That's why one of the things that we promote when you came in here, and we worked on this for the first half of the service, by the way. Praise the Lord. Help people to praise God and feel comfortable with him coming near. Because God has got some specific answers for you here this morning in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me this morning? You've been such a gracious, gracious audience. And we're going to do something here, praise God. I've been doing this a lot here lately, and I hope that it doesn't offend anybody. But it's because I love you, and because I, I, I hope that you will become more focused. I think I might talk about that tonight if you come back. I'll talk about getting focused, because that's what we need to do sometimes. Sometimes we just need to learn how to clear everything away. Amen. I did something for myself this week. I didn't even get my wife's permission. Yeah, I did. I told her about this two weeks ago. I did. You knew I was getting it. And so I bought myself a new bike. So you know what I did before I studied for this last night? I went for a bike ride. And it was great. Man, it cleared the mechanism. I mean, it was just great. And I prayed while I was riding the bike. I can do that. I can ride a bike and pray at the same time. Am I not talented or what? I mean, next week I'm going to try to chew gum and do the three, those other two things. But the point I'm making, folks, is I felt the refreshing of God. And this is what God wants you to do. It's not because I'm some perfect person who never makes a mistake. It's because I love God. I really do, folks. But I know I'm not as close to him as I can be. And so I'm going to every day take opportunity after opportunity to get close to God in Jesus' name. Now, I'll tell you how this works, folks, because I know God, as he dealt with every one of us. There's something here specifically that God has made you feel a little uncomfortable about. Now, I'll give you a choice. You want to just walk out of the church and forget it and say, hey, pss, 
Or do you want to come down here and you want to cast some of those cares to the Lord? Come on, I'll give you the opportunity to do that. Come on, some of you leaders here, come on, come on down. That's beautiful. I'm telling you, the Lord is here. Mm, he's doing such powerful things right now. I'll tell you right now, we're going to pray together, and I'm going to pray for you, but what I want you to think about doing is put some things in your own words right now. Come on, talk to the Lord. You don't have to yell at Him, but go ahead and begin to talk to the Lord. That's good. That's beautiful. Most of you already know how this works. God, in the name of Jesus, help me, Lord God. Help me to receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save my soul.